inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about talking about book texts with your students. In episode 11, I mentioned very briefly about allowing for some part of your independent reading time during your language arts block to be dedicated to student-teacher conferences and or small group book discussions. So I got to reading and found that there's some literature out there on talking about books. Most of what I found had to do with talking about read-aloud books, or those books and stories that you read aloud to your students. Today, I'm going to incorporate some of those strategies into a small group or individual conference idea, because I think it fits perfectly into a balanced language arts instructional approach. Today, I'm going to discuss what talking about the text really means, some pitfalls to avoid, and how to incorporate it into talking with your students about books they're reading in an easy way, especially when you have so many students reading so many different books. So by the end of this episode, I promise you will have five tips for your book text talk time that you can implement into your classroom with your students. And stay tuned for the cut that out section of the podcast, where I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the tips we talked about and use them right away. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, this episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. As I just mentioned in the introduction for this episode, talking about book texts, or text talk, as it's coined by Beck and McGowan in 2001, focused on teachers reading a book out loud to students and ways to talk about that book that makes the read aloud a more effective teaching and learning strategy for a child's language development. I wondered, however, if this idea of talking about book texts could be put to good use in another environment, like teacher-student conferences based upon independent reading books. As it turns out, the answer is yes, And this information is truly fascinating, so I wanted to share it with you. But first, a bit of background knowledge. Talking about book texts, including talks surrounding the text and getting children to think about what's going on in the story, clearly enhances children's language development and results in literacy growth. But according to the research, the most effective text talk comes in two forms. First, The talk must encourage children to focus on important details in the story, with and without the support of pictures. 
And secondly, the talk must give students the opportunity to reflect on what is happening in the text rather than give one-word answers or quickly retrieved answers. So retrieval isn't the only game here. It's also about reflection. I'd argue this reflection could and should be deeper, like related to their own lives, resulting in being empathetic or focusing on some other socio-emotional skill or idea. Something bigger, like talking about fear or adversity, compassion, or taking ownership for your actions, or being sensitive and learning about a culture other than your own. Not always will the discussion go to something really deep, but arguably you and your student or student small group should at least try. And can young students really own up to this level of sophistication? Again, the short answer is yes. Plainly stated in the Becca McGowan article, it says, the point is that young children can handle challenging content. So let me not take this quote completely out of context because the paragraph it resided in was talking about higher levels of language and comprehension needed to understand the text. However, the authors also mentioned that text should be challenging in order for students to grapple with ideas toward constructing meaning. Bam, that's a big takeaway here. In the context of text talking and independent reading, this process begins with a well-selected independent reading book. See episode 11 for some additional information on the Goldilocks method and how you can help students select an independent reading book at their level. A teacher should be willing to guide the students down a path of deeper text talking and some additional information here to use. So here are five tips you'll need to create an environment for high-quality text talking that asks amazing questions of your students and helps them dig deeper into contextual meaning. And did I mention this would be easy enough to do if you had 27 students in your class all reading different independent reading books? It is possible. Let me show you how. Number one, first, don't ignore the pictures in the book. And don't let your students do that either. Pictures, especially for younger children and emerging readers, provide a wealth of information for what is happening in the story. Pictures provide clues and give the words their meaning. Relying on pictures as part of the reading process is developmental, and children's reliance on pictures closely represent what children are accustomed to encountering the world around them. They can more easily drive information from pictures in comparison to text language, so it's a good thing. But, number two, you as the teacher should ensure the students are using the pictures appropriately to generate meaning and contextual understanding. What do I mean by this? Well, sometimes the pictures in a book aren't congruent with the text, meaning the pictures don't match exactly what the text is saying, or the pictures aren't helping the student generate a deeper meaning about what is going on. For example, have you ever read a story where the character goes into their own head or talks about a dream or a vision they're having? When children's books employ this literary tactic, the illustrations are usually about the dream or the vision and not about what the text is saying about why that dream is important or what having that vision says about who the main character is deep down. So make sure that the students are looking at the pictures, but when the pictures don't match the text or will steer the student away from the meeting, hold back or make a point to talk about this and straighten things out. You'll know really fast that this is happening even without knowing about the book or the story behind it because the student will derive a superficial problem 
or the problem's resolution will not fit or be super difficult to come up with. In other words, when you ask the simple question, what is the main character's problem in this story, or how does the main character resolve that problem, the student will be very stumped or even confused. Now you know this deserves another look because the picture clues and the text are not in alignment, and the student needs to figure out what is going on. Number three. Use students' background knowledge about the topic in the book to their benefit and as a basis for discussion. Background knowledge use is important in understanding text. This is not new news to educators who dabble in teaching reading, right? The goal for using background knowledge when tackling a new text is to invoke this known knowledge with unknown information so that the student can better comprehend what's going on in the story. So when a student is stuck or having difficulty, See if a simple question about something happening will spark a positive brainstorm. But be careful, because number four, don't let the student's background knowledge interfere with the understanding of the text in real time and allow them to get sidetracked by talking about something only tangentially related. I'm chuckling just thinking about this one in my own first grade classroom because this happened all the time. Picture it. A student is reading a book about a girl who has a white rabbit for a pet. Before even making sure the student knows the story is about a white rabbit, you hear the student talking about having a dog as a pet. That's also white. And white's the color of snow. And did I see that it was snowing outside right now? And it goes on and on because snow days mean hot chocolate and that means... And the student is long gone with their own background knowledge about pets, the color white, hot chocolate, the snow outside, and everything in between. And what about that story? It's long gone too. The moral of this is that you need to make sure that the students don't get too far away from what's happening, that they lose sight of the details as they pertain to the actual story, and then you can't ever talk about deeper meaning. Finally, Ask questions of your students to elicit responses, repeat and rephrase their answers, and provide generic probes to prompt them to explain further what's happening or going on. Sometimes we as teachers ask questions of students that have really simple answers just to make sure that the student is listening or they can recall a simple fact or know what a vocabulary word means, and those questions are really okay. But talking with a student or a small group of students should begin with some more direct questions, but don't end there. If the student can answer the direct questions, no problem. You can move on to more difficult, thought-provoking, higher-quality questions. And if your student struggles because the pictures aren't matching the text or the student has little background knowledge that will help him or her with what's happening, or the student can't seem to find the problem or the solution of the story, now you've got something more to probe. And... Don't stop there, because you need some generic prompts to ask your students what's going on so that they're good to go and they can dig deeper into the storyline and make sense of the meaning of the story, so I've got you covered. Here are some questions to try, not all at once, of course, so pick out your favorites. Number one, for the student who has it all going on, say, you mentioned blank, that part of the story. What is that all about? Or what does it mean? Or can you tell me more? For the student who's confused, you could say, I noticed you stumbled over the word or the phrase blank 
picking a word that is troublesome to the student or something they can't pronounce or don't have any idea about what it means. Then ask them, do you know what this word or phrase means? Also try this when the student is confused about the story's problem. You could say something like, so what is really going on in this story? The character seems to be having difficulty with blank. And for both kinds of students, try asking these questions to ensure deeper, high-quality engagement with the text. Thus, elevating the level of comprehension, you can ask questions like these. Where is there a place in the book when what you read didn't match the pictures? What was different about that? And what was really going on here? Or you could ask, does the problem in the book have any easy solution to it? Or does it require the character or the characters to think twice or make a bigger decision before solving it? You could also ask, does this story have a difficult problem to solve? How did the character or the characters solve it? Would you have done the same or figured out a different solution? Why or why not? Or maybe try, would the story change if the character or the characters did something different? How would it change? Or why not? Finally, you could ask, did you have a strong feeling that presented itself when reading this book? What was that feeling? And how would you describe it to someone else? Do you think the character or the characters had that same or similar feeling? Why or why not? These are just a few questions you can ask students of all reading levels, book texts, and grade levels to get them to go deeper into a story or text. I'm certain you can see that these questions can't be answered with a simple yes or no or one-word answer, and I'm confident you can think of more, or comment on this podcast or email me and let me know which ones you tried and how it went. The point here is to seek more information from the student so that they can dig deeper into the text and continue to practice their comprehension skills at higher and higher levels. And you don't have to know about every book your student is reading. These questions are general enough that one or more of them should work with every student in just about every book. One more thing. After the talk, I'd take the time to have the student not only reflect orally with you, but also in written form. So chat for a bit, and then have the student write or draw or both in order to answer the deep question you just asked. You could incorporate technology and have the student film themselves or make a TikTok or a poster or whatever captures that deeper meaning of the text and provides a visual for you and for the student and for the other students who haven't read that book yet. Any moment we can get our students to write and connect ideas and even present the information that they're learning about, the better, right? So to recap, I promised you we would discuss five tips for you to help your students get more high-quality meaning from the text they are reading. Here are the five tips again. Tip number one, don't ignore the pictures in the book. Tip number two, ensure the students are using the pictures appropriately to generate meaning and contextual understanding. Tip number three, use students' background knowledge about the topic to their benefit. Tip number four, but don't let that background knowledge interfere with understanding the text in real time and getting sidetracked by talking about something only tangentially related. And finally, tip number five, ask questions of your students to elicit responses, repeat and rephrase their answers, and provide generic probes to prompt them to explain further what's happening or what's going on. So there you have it. Five efficient and creative tips to use when text talking with your students. 
Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, I hope these five tips for talking about texts have helped you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Before we part, this section of the podcast called Cut That Out is one I do every time. Here I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the five text talk tips to think about, plan, and practice in your classroom. You can find the handout on my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E hendricks.com along with today's show notes. so much for joining me this week. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendricks.com. Before we go, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to get off the dotted line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time.